0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside, for the last time, the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. What's
1: good, Greg? Not LA.
0: Stay here. <laughs> Don't do it. Get your affordable house and do, do resell it and stay here. It's
1: too late, Greg. Damn it.
0: God damn it, Kevin. feels
1: wheels are in motion. No. I heard
0: you every day, Kevin, crying over there, <laughs> trying to wear it out you couldn't do it. How you feeling? Uh,
1: I'm exhausted, oh tired, like anybody is when they, you know, close on a house, go to packs, and then move all in like a two week. Keep day. running your
0: uh, small business as well, yeah, right? Doing yeah, your podcast, your exactly. check-ins, all that stuff. Yeah. For
1: some reason, I thought it'd be a great idea to actually record the show tonight. <laughs>
0: tonight you're doing it do you even have anything left to record on is it just you in an empty room on a cardboard box
1: so the pc is still um, connected because that's not going on the moving shock i'm Mm -hmm. i'm carrying that with uh i not that i don't trust the movers that we're working with but you
0: know i'm the same way i
1: built that pc
0: well i'm not that way about PCs, but you know my playstation or whatever that goes with me all right i don't trust that with some other person
1: it's got all the what's good archives on it
0: yeah yeah you ready it's a huge day for you here yeah. You're doing kinda funny games daily. I know. You're doing We Have Cool Friends, it's <laughs> and then be you're a doing long the Games one. cast, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. All right, cool. Of course Let's not go. too late. If you're watching live, Patreon.com slash kinda funny and kinda funny games. Get your questions in for all these different shows. But enough about that! Today we're talking about control crossing over with Alan Wake. More GameStops closing, and Ubisoft ain't ever going back to your single player experiences <laughs> because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily. Each and every week to end a variety of platforms, we run you the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record the show live. Twitch.tv slash games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to KindOfFunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you. As we said, Andrea's final day, a whole bunch of content. We have cool friends. If you don't watch it, uh, well, I'm not even recording that live, I guess. I don't know what you, well, I don't have a date for that one yet. We're to figure that out. Uh, your final Games cast, though, this afternoon, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can get it uh, on Patreon the rest of the week or Monday on YouTube and everywhere else. There's also a new party mode up. It's Brunch Club. Go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Kevin's really mean to me, and I thank everyone in the comments for defending my honor. You're a rude boy. You
1: should have been better at the
0: game. You're a rude boy. I didn't get to learn it like you did for 40 minutes. Aww. You know what I mean? And I was pretty good. You're the one who screws it up all the time. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, patreon.com slash re games, Blackjack, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Hymns, Manscaped, and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. No, Kevin, don't cry. We need you to do oh, the beat.
1: Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, it's okay.
0: Time for some news, Kevin. <laughs> it's time for some news. Three items on the rope report. A baker's big, big, a dozen. You got there, big guy. We're proud of you. We're proud of you. Don't worry about it.
1: Oh, Kevin, do you want me to come over there and give you a hug? Are you can no, be okay. You
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one, Control is crossing over with Alan Wake, but it already had. If you didn't know, we're going to give you some information here about the Control DLC that got announced today. Then give you some spoilery things from the things, but don't worry about. I'll, I'll give you more of a spoiler warning when we get there. Uh, so for today they announced a whole bunch. Mo- Remedy announced a whole bunch of different Control DLC. Uh, photo mode is coming fall 2019. Then new game mode Ex- Expeditions is coming in December 2019. It's described like this. In December, we will release a new game mode for Control that we are currently calling Expeditions. This will be a challenging new end game mode in which Jesse must help Security Chief Erish explore the mysterious formation and its strange surroundings. Here, you will face you will face the sum of the greatest challenges that the old house can throw at you. All, no, that's right. You will need the best <laughs> gear and abilities to survive. Uh, Expeditions will be free for all players. Oh, So that's great news. Good for you, everybody. Uh, the next two are paid expansions, right? Expansion number one is The Foundation. It's coming in early 2020. The Foundation will delve into the history of the oldest house. Uh, at the request of the ever-mysterious board, Jesse must explore what lies beneath the Bureau as she returns order to The Foundation and the oldest house itself. Itself. Expect things to get weird. Oh, I do. It's control. Expansion number two is called AWE. Capital A, capital W capital E. It's mid 2020. Uh, Kevin, can you bring up the visual aid I put in there? I, I put a uh, hyperlink that says, Alan Way, question mark, explain, uh, thing there. show it to the people. Uh, awe is explained as the second expansion, Awe, will take Jesse into a new part of the oldest house, the investigation sector, where the Bureau closely examines altered world events. What are you doing? And then click on that image right there. Yeah. And you see the Awe there, right? Now, of course, don't click off of it for me, please. Uh, if you haven't played Control, AWE would be Alter World Events, which is like when the, the other universe crosses over in our universe and all things go sideways, right? What, of course, blew people's minds before we had any information, uh, and granted, we have a little bit of a tidbit there, is that if you look at the All logo, the white part on top is very clearly Alan Wake there. The remedies, uh, you know, I guess, cult classic, if you will, in their Xbox exclusive one, of uh alan wake there with his flashlight shining it down the middle of the w and then below of course jesse floating through the uh control ecosystem as you would uh that's expansion number two it's coming in mid 2020 uh, the thing about it of course People are stoked and excited Alan Wake's awesome uh, people, Alan Wake has that cult following I think And everybody enjoyed it a lot back in the day The people who played it uh, Control of course Or no I'm sorry It's too many Quantum, uh, quantum Break of course Had a reference to uh, uh, Alan Wake In one of the TV things it had in there Then Control it turns out Had a whole bunch of Alan Wake stuff as well I had seen this uh, Rumors of this And then this is uh, I saw a rundown on GameSpot yesterday And then the news dropped today Andrea, how much of Control have you played?
1: Um, not much.
0: Because you, you're moving, you've been playing Gears, you've been powering through on that.
1: Yeah, I actually haven't played as much Gears as I, like, I just have not been home. Well, yeah, you're moving, yeah. you're going back and forth between now, I was Nello. in I LA, get all that. and then I was in, in Seattle, and then I was in Fargo, and now there's moving truck coming, so I, I'm really behind on all of these games. Yeah. Um. So, but from what I've played so far of Control, I've really liked it. I'm actually yeah. kind of glad... That I got delayed playing it because they pushed the patch for console ah, performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I think I'm gonna have a better experience yeah, than I would have playing pre-launch. So.
0: So, I want to talk. I want to read from Phil Hornshaw's uh, GameSpot report that talks about all the Alan Wake Easter eggs in Control. Shout out I- to Phil. What up, Phil? Do you know he- Phil?
1: Phil and I used to work together no, shit, really. at the Escapist back in oh, the day. That. Look at that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Here's what I'll say before I get into this. If you're liking Andrea and you haven't played uh, any uh, uh, control yet or not a lot of it or you're waiting or whatever is I read through these and I there's one part I will give a little bit of an edit to. I played Control, I beat Control, I loved Control. We talked about that. I saw, it's funny, I've been seeing uh, everybody on Twitter playing through it, going through the same uh, reactions, and I saw Imran yesterday get to the end of Control and be like, man, this ending, this end fight sucks. And I'm like, yes, justified. That's exactly what I said on Gamescast. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, great game, though, overall. But I thought it was a bad thing to leave in your a taste in your mouth. But then there's so much more to do, let alone all this expansion stuff. Anyways, what I'm driving at is, I'm going to read the, not all of them, but a lot of the references here. These references are collectibles around the world, I don't think they're going to spoil, and, and I shouldn't say I don't think. I read through it already, and as I read, I'll edit as well if I have to. It's not going to spoil the story of Control. You already know Jesse is the director. That's, like, in the trailer. You already know that they investigate a whole bunch of weird shit. Mm-hmm. I guess this would only be if you're like, oh, I'm going to play Control and try to collect every document, and I want to be surprised. But I like, I like how they're interwoving wo- the Alan Wake story into the same universe, that it turns out Control would appear as in the Alan Wake universe. So I'm going to go. Again, this is Phil's article from GameSpot. I'm not even reading all of it, so go ahead and click over there. Okay. Uh, the first bullet point he had was, Alan Wake's story was an alter world event. The Federal Bureau of Control specializes in investigating, containing, and covering up the existence of alter world events, AWEs. Uh, these are basically moments when other dimensions creep into our own with varying supernatural results. The document, quote, Bright Falls AWE Founding Control, show that the Bureau responded to the events of Alan Wake, but arrived after the events of the game. During Alan Wake, Sheriff Sarah Breaker tells Wake's literary agent, Barry Wheeler, to make some calls and give the code Night Spring, and the code phrase Night Springs. Apparently, that was Sarah's way of notifying people close to the Bureau of what was happening. Specifically, her father, Frank, who Control reveals to be a retired Federal Bureau of Control agent. That's very cool. I love that. According to the FBC, Cauldron Lake, where the dark place resides in Alan Wake and the place from which Alan's power to rewrite reality comes from is a threshold. These are locations where dimensions bleed together and we see a few in control. The documents say the FBC has investigated Cauldron Lake more than once in the 1970s and the years mentioned seem to line up with other events. In Alan Wake, poet Thomas Zane discovered the Dark Presence, the game's antagonist, in the 1970s and wrote the story that would lay the groundwork for Alan's arrival in Bright Falls. More on Zane later. The next bullet point they had, right, is that... Well, this is a continuation, I guess, of Alan Wake's uh, stories in Ultimate alternate. The Bureau also notes that Alan's power to rewrite reality was isolated to Bright Falls and limited in how long it lasted. But, given the events of Alan Wake and the far-reaching effects of Zane's and Alan's writing, especially with Alan showing up elsewhere in Alan Wake's American Nightmare, it seems that the Bureau doesn't quite understand how big of a deal Bright Falls threshold actually is. In the meantime, the Bureau left a monitoring station in Bright Falls to watch for additional AWA activity. This might be the group Barry noted uh with the night springs code word uh, then more bullet points but i don't want to get into them because they are kind of spoilery uh, alan wake was a prime candidate for a uh, director role at the control uh, i'm putting blank a character inside of control that i didn't catch it at least mentions the events of alan wake and his books uh, the alan wake tv show night springs is under bureau control and the bureau has one of alan's manuscript pages and it reveals his fate which again i won't read in case you're trying to play through all of alan wake one day or whatever an american nightmare but Andrea, I fucking adore this kind of shit. I love it when studios, uh, we own all the IP, and they just start weaving them all together. What do you think?
1: I think it's a really smart thing to do because their fan base is... They're, you know, their biggest super fans, right? Yeah. So I think that making sure that they take a franchise that a lot of people know them for and bringing it into this brand new IP is a really smart decision. I think it's really neat for people who have been following Remedy and their development of, of a variety of games over the decades. I think it's cool.
0: Uh, I want to do one question here. It comes from Adam Mott. Adam Mott writes in to slash kind of funny games and says, Hey, KFGD crew. With the details of Control's story DLC dropping today, how do you feel about Control's expansions having an exclusivity window for PS4? In particular, uh, the Alan Wake slash Control crossover expansion. Remini's Community Director, uh, Thomas Pua, in an interview with WCCF Tech stated, The expansion pass will be available on all platforms, but I can't say what the exclusivity window is, except it's not very long. Back to Adam. Alan Wake is easily my favorite game and was a vastly formative experience. I purchased control on Xbox One X as that's where the best console performance is, but it's deflating knowing after all this time waiting for anything, Alan Wake, the original platform he debuted on, will have to wait longer to see the continuation of his story. We've seen exclusivity windows for DLC before and minor performance. No, I'm sorry. Minor platform exclusive story mission packs at launch, but major story DLC dropping on one platform before the others feels more egregious than some multiplayer maps or weapons. Hopefully, quote, it's not very long, truly means that, but a window shorter than a month seems unlikely. Thanks for all you do. I'll miss the busiest lady in the business popping up weekly on KF content with her facts. Andrea? Yes, What do you think?
1: Um... You're not going to like this, but it's not surprising. Like these kinds of things happen all the time, these exclusivity deals, these marketing things that where it appears on one console first. Like it's frustrating for sure, especially when it's DLC and you've completed the game and you're anxious to play more and then other people are playing in particular when it's a narrative-based experience, it's particularly egregious, I yeah. think. Because that way the spoilers are, you know, more prone to be out there and prevalent than like a multiplayer map that gets released on PS4 first, for example, for example. So that, that part's tough, but I'm not surprised, you know, Remedy needs to make their money and this is how they're doing
0: it. Of course. Yeah. I think, I, you know, I think especially coming off the back of quantum break. Which was, you know, uh, an Xbox exclusive t- trapped in the amber of what the original Xbox One was supposed to be. Right. I think Remedy probably learned a lot of hard lessons there, and so coming off and having Five Hundred Five publish this and having them be like, "We're going to make our money and make sure we're going to make the game we want to make, and we're not going to try to tie it into whatever else." That, that we're going to make our vision actually happen. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying Xbox got in there and clouded it, but I think in the beginning you have a conversation about oh, it's a merging of TV and games. Like, oh, there's some interesting ideas there, and that puts you on a different path. Yeah. Um. It sucks. This one sucks. I, I and I, it, I don't, it doesn't suck in the way that I'm outraged over it. I googled around trying to find more information because I actually missed that the, uh, uh or I wasn't paying attention, I guess, that the content was coming to PS4 first. And one of the first things I find here is a uh, segment next.com, Xbox One fans outraged over remedies control giving exclusive content to PlayStation 4 players. That's from April 2019. So it's been out obviously a while. Um, I get it and it, like it, it, to this it sucks G- being outraged is a bit too far in my opinion obviously it's different for every each every person I'm with you but it's the idea that like yeah it would be cool if there was a way to but Microsoft didn't want to pay or PlayStation wanted to pay more and Remedy wanted to keep everybody employed and put out the game and make it as good as they could and have these deals and Epic Game Store and so on and so forth like Yes, it sucks. I my thing uh, you know because uh, first off Remedy gets it. Remedy's mm-hmm. a great studio. Uh, you know uh, Thomas Wright a, a friend of the show. I got drinks with him at uh Pax. And they understand their lineage. They understand the history. I would be interested to see it's not very long. How lo- long that is. I don't, I, I, I would I, guess
1: 30 days. You
0: think so? Yeah. yeah. Cuz it, it is that kind of thing where I could see it being months. Oh, hello Joey Noel. <gasps>
1: Chewy, you brought Prosecco. Look at that. Look oh, at that, you. of course. Andrea's I even brought show. more orange juice.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> Not anyway. intentionally, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I just had
1: to get all of the beverages out of the fridge yeah, before tomorrow. I think my favorite
0: thing about Andrea moving is that kind of funny HQ has become a halfway house, where it is now Andrea bringing in all manner of, hey, I have two bags of flour.
1: Wait, are those pumpkin spice?
0: No, they're just Halloween oh, Oreos, please. Oh, they're just please. Halloween ones? Yeah, don't worry about it's it. It's because I got the There's Halloween mug. It's orange cream, you know what I mean? But does it taste different? I don't know. Find out Barrett's on Barrett's standing
1: in the corner of the studio holding a bag of Oreos that says Boo on the front, and like, he can't talk because he's, he's got a mouth full of Oreos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no.
0: He's <laughs> eating something else. Whoa! Oh, very nice, Joey. Thank you so much, oh, thank Joey. thank you. What? It's doing it, Joey. It's oh, doing no, it. Oh, no, Joey. <laughs> Exclusivity, yeah. It, it's... It's part and parcel, I guess, with where we are in 2019. And I guess, like, exclusive DLC.
1: To confirm, this is all, not to cut you off, I sure. apologize, but no, no, these are all free, correct?
0: I believe, no. That, I think the expansion packs are paid.
1: The expansion packs are paid. Yeah, I on. thought something in the story said something was free.
0: Uh, The photo mode and the new game plus mode is.
1: Okay, so the or, yeah, or additional the modes are free. Yeah,
0: it's the XBIA. The yeah, two yeah.
1: expansions are paid.
0: Yeah, let me, I'm double checking hopefully here, but okay. of course I won't be able to find it in time. Thanks, Control Joey. Paid. The fact that I didn't get your wronged out that of existence when in. I said it didn't make me think <laughs> it wasn't. Um, Polygon, do you have what I need? Because uh, I definitely read something paid in here I'm pretty sure I have it right. But now you have me question myself as always.
1: Expeditions is free for all players it says. But yeah, I don't see the, I, I I would imagine the expansions wouldn't be free. They, they would be paid DLC. Yeah.
0: In 20 in, two, in 2020 Control will get two two full paid expansions. Okay. So these are paid expansions, yes. Okay. Does so, that change your opinion?
1: I mean no. Okay. I mean I still get it, but I was going to say if they are free, then mm. maybe that's a little bit of a less of a deal. Yeah. It's exactly, that thing maybe of, the it doesn't hurt as bad but Yeah.
0: <sighs> I get I it. Know. I wonder how long it is too. it's it's that I don't know what even to call it, right? It's just a bummer. It's yeah, a bummer It's a bummer. what it is. I don't out, think it's,
1: Outrage is too strong. Outrage is
0: too strong. I get being bummed out. I get being you supported Alan Wake mm-hmm. on Xbox and you want it here. If, the, you know, I don't even know what a good example would be off the top of my head. If Spider-Man 2 went multi-platform and Xbox got content early, it'd be like, oh, what the fuck? But
1: Well, they, I mean, they didn't, well, obviously they probably haven't confirmed that there's going to be any kind of like crossover with your save data, right? Like that wouldn't be a thing.
0: What do you mean? Oh, for you? No, 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 no. If you played Alan Wake or whatever,
1: like, no, that, be, not at all. Yeah, then it doesn't really matter. Play it on PlayStation Four.
0: But sh- they already bought it on Xbox because it was the best place to play. Don't you listen to Adam Mott <laughs> when he talks, Andrea? <laughs> I don't know. He was, you nodded in, you nodded in agreement <laughs> when he said it that it was the best place to play this one because of the patches <laughs> and whatnot. It's a bummer. It sucks. It's games, and I don't know if that's. I know that's not heartwarming. I know that that's not the best thing, but it is that. Most people are not going to care. Most people are going to, if you're super into it, are going to wait and do it and go on. And not to mention, it makes the most sense, too, of, hey, let's do this exclusive with the people who have the best install base, the biggest install base. Let's try to, you know, get tapped into that, get them to buy it. Because, again, when you start talking about DLC, no matter how excited you are for DLC, that percentage of people who are actually going to play it keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So... It's funny, I guess, not funny, but like, not funny, haha, funny and sad that, like, the people who are most motivated by it to go and buy it if they were on Xbox, totally bummed out now.
1: Xbox spent all their money already. They're <sighs> out of money.
0: You know what I mean? I got to stop buying these studios. Exactly. Speaking of spending all your money and being in huge trouble, number two, GameStop. It's going to close more stores. This is Rebecca Valentine over at gamesindustry.biz. Shocking no one. During today's GameStop Q2 earnings call, the company announced it would be closing between 180 and 200 underperforming stores globally between now and the end of the year. During the call, GameStop CFO James Bell praised the company's over 5,700 stores worldwide, stating that 95% of them were profitable. Nonetheless, the company is beginning to roll out an ongoing plan that will also result in even more store closures into the next two years. Quote, While that is an impressive statistic, we have a clear opportunity to improve our overall profitability by de-densifying our chain, he said. That work is well underway. We are on track to close between 180 and 200 underperforming stores globally by the end of the fiscal year. And while these closures were more opportunistic, we are applying a more definitive, analytic approach, including... Profit levels and sales transferability uh, that we expect to will yield a much larger tranche of closures over the next coming 20, 12 to 24 months. tranche is that how I say that? You think tranche, tranche. Get Jen on the phone. Uh, This all comes as part of GameStop's reboot plan, which was a major focus of its Q2 earnings report, in which it posted a net loss of $415 million and an adjusted net loss of $32 million. Uh, As the company struggles to regain its momentum after a challenging year of financial losses, failed company sales, and consolidation. As a part of the same plan, 50 employees lost their jobs in early August, and another 120 were laid off later in the month, including seven members of the Game Informer staff. Check out the Gamescast available right now everywhere, uh, X game Informer Takeover. The company also recently moved ThinkGeek in GameStop proper and announced several new plans for stores, including retro-focused and esports-driven locations. Despite all these changes, GameStop will likely not see profit increases for some time to come, with Bell blaming this on the timing of the end of the current console generation. Quote, we expect our year-over-year sales to be down over the next three to four quarters, reflecting the end of the console cycle, he said. Compounding this negative impact on sales is the fact that console makers have confirmed the launch earlier than they have in the past. We anticipate that this will lead to much lighter title title slate through the rest of 2019 and early 2020, given the end of the cycle timing for current consoles. As always, Andrew Renee, the -hmm. question I have is, does GameStop make it to the launch of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Does it save them? Just Does put more time the in new the console
1: generation save GameStop?
0: Yeah. No. Okay.
1: I think that when we, we talked about this when the last layoffs happened, they have to absolutely retool their business and they have to slim down. They just are at a scale right now that's no longer tenable for where the industry is going, where the market is going, where retail at large is going. If you look at you know shopping malls across the United States... I mean, store closures are rampant among all kinds of brick and mortar retail. We just talked about this
0: yesterday on the Kind of Funny podcast, like Payless Shoes and all these different places that you think would still be around, but just aren't, or just closed.
1: Absolutely. And so I think that GameStop is not going to go away altogether. I would very much hate to see that happen for a wide variety of reasons that you know we've discussed on the show before but I think that they are definitely going to make it to the next console uh, launch I think it's really interesting hearing what he's saying about how the news about the new launches coming earlier has affected the late console sales because it makes sense what people are asking people write into KFGD to ask should I wait for PS5 should I 100%. wait for Scarlet? you know do I buy an Xbox one X now knowing that something better is coming next year and those are very valuable. Valid questions, especially when these consoles aren't cheap, and the new consoles are going to be, you know, theoretically more expensive than this generation was. Uh, so it's it's a tough it's a tough spot for them to be in. Um, but they just are no longer going to be able to compete on the same scale that they used to. There's just too much competition, not only from online retailers today than there was at the start of this generation. You know, back in yeah. 2013, 2014, but also you know the rise of digital and streaming and cloud gaming is really going to be the focus for the next generation and beyond. So yep. I hope that they can pivot and I hope that they stay afloat. I had suggested that maybe they team up with Toys R Us and they make just one big Damn. game and toy conglomerate.
0: Well, wasn't it Kevin that who yelled at you? I was like,
1: but Toys R Us already sells video games. Was oh, that's that you, a-
0: Kevin, or somebody else? Was that Barrett? That was you? You're, you're taking credit for that? Way to go, Kevin
1: well Tar- like i said target already sold pharmaceuticals but they partnered up with cvs and had cvs inside target because it's a name brand that people recognize it's true
0: uh yeah i th- i do think it's interesting that he calls out the fact that yeah them announcing early kind of fucked us yeah. I, I never thought about that from their perspective of like well, oh, that's a great way to s- totally stymie sales for us right now and stop people from coming in to buy a cheaper version of an xbox or something to that effect
1: yeah i mean in the Hardware makers are affected by that, too. I think there's just an ever-increasing pressure for them to be transparent with what their plans are. And as a consumer, I mean, we want to know as early as possible about when the hardware is coming. You know what I mean? But I absolutely see the other side of it where it's frustrating for both the people who make the hardware and the people who sell it. Yeah.
0: Uh, I see you're wrong here from the nanobiologist. And I don't want to say it's official. I would like a link on this. But Nanobiologist writes in and says, to clarify, only Expansion 1 for Control is launching limited time. Expansion 2 with Alan Waite content will launch at the same time on all platforms. I would like a link from you to confirm that so I can see where you're pulling that. I'm trying to look at the stupid, you know how you gotta put out a goddamn spreadsheet now when you release a game, but it's like a 380 image. I can't. <laughs> it's too, it's too blurry for me too to small. even make content of it. Uh, I think GameStop will make it uh, to the next generation.
1: Of course they will.
0: Well, it's, what. I don't, is it enough? Course, you think?
1: Yeah, we're talking about twelve to sixteen months from right now.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like it keeps getting to see more and more bad news. We're tossing more and more tea off the boat here. No,
1: listen, let's talk. Let's talk about these numbers, though. Talk about it. Like, I mean, an adjusted net loss. You know, of of thirty two million. I mean, their Q two earnings. Let me see if I can pull up the actual earnings report here. Um, They're still pulling in a lot of revenue. Mm -hmm. Short, the only way that they like they said in the
0: thing, like ninety five percent of the stores are profitable.
1: Right. The only way that they wouldn't make it is if they were continuing to hemorrhage money, which they're not, you know, their C-level staff is trying to triage the situation and prevent, you know, the company from collapsing by trimming stores that are underperforming, which is what you do, right? You try to get some of your expenses off the books. And so they said, you know, the global sales dropped 14% in Q2 to 1.3 billion. So they're still doing over a billion dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Sure, sure. So I mean, I think I think them making it to next year is an, is an absolute yes. Of course just, they will it's, make
0: it. I, you know, again, I'm not a business major, as you know. Uh, you know what <laughs> I mean? I majored in hard. Did you get
1: your tie on today? I got my Greg. tie on too. Yeah. What's
0: well, you? Know, I don't know if you noticed. First outfit I ever wore in a game. Today. I know. I, yeah. I was mm-hmm. noticing
1: that as I like I looked at the we have a monitor down here and I was like, that is the first outfit you I wore. Did? I almost wore that dress too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, dang, maybe I should wear it. And then yeah. I was feeling like wearing my new video game By the way, shirt. cheers to your last year. Oh, yeah. Cheers, Greg.
0: Cheers to you. Uh, Kevin, lift your glass, too.
1: Joey didn't bring you one?
0: No, he just got a phone over there. You want to drink he's, he's out got, of the he's, at, he's at the station all day. He's got to keep the ship straight. He can't do it <laughs> It's for me. It was like I couldn't. I, I found it so unbelievable that no one bought GameStop. When they were like, "We're looking to get purchased," I was like, "Oh, somebody's gonna do it. Come in and cleave it down to what it needs to be." And then when nobody did, that's when I was like, uh "Oh, that's even that's way worse." And well, now they're making these moves. I think to be more sexy and be more profitable and be like, "All right, cool, now buy to us get somebody." Get an exit
1: strategy, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, their business was. You know, for lack of a more finessed term, a little bit messy before, sure. because they had so many different verticals underneath their umbrella. You know, with Spring Mobile and Think Geek, yeah. and then yeah. their brick and mortar, and then their website business, and they had some other things as well. And so, if you're looking at their balance sheet as a potential investor, sure. kind of like this is a lot to deal with, too much. And so, I think their their team is doing the right thing and saying, "Hey, let's clean up our books. Let's make ourselves more attractive, attractive to a purchaser, and yeah. hope for the best."
0: All right. We'll stay tuned. Uh, Thank you to and 0 who got in the link before Nanobiologist could. Uh, Yes, Eurogamer.net has control details, two big expansions, the first of which is PS4 timed exclusive. So it is confirmed here. Yeah, the season pass and individual expansions will be available for purchase on Xbox One and PC following the PlayStation 4 Expansion 1, the foundation release. Uh, The AWE expansion uh, will release on all platforms at the same time. So... Don't worry, Xbox people. Everything's cool. So
1: basically, the whole conversation we had was moot.
0: You know what? That's what kind of funny games daily is. It's disposable content. You see it one day, the next day, it's totally meaningless. Doesn't matter anything. Don't worry about it. Uh, number three... Uh, Ubisoft is not giving up on open worlds anytime (laughs) soon. This is James Batchelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. You need only look at Assassin's Creed to see how Ubisoft's ambitions for open world games are growing. Five years ago, the publisher's major Q4 release was Assassin's Creed Unity, a title that, while open, is confined to one city and, parentheses, if you focused purely on on the main missions, can be polished off in around 15 hours. Meanwhile, last year's Assassin's Creed Odyssey takes place across the entirety of ancient Greece, plus all those nearby Islands And the average playtime for its users is 60 hours. This year, Ubisoft's tentpole title for Q4 is Ghost Recon Breakpoint, following the success of Wildlands, the series' first open world entry, with two vast adventures to follow in early 2020 with Gods and Monsters and Watch Dogs Legion. Ubisoft is now synonymous with open worlds, yet is there a chance it would ever return to more focused outings like Assassin's Creed Unity? Quote, no, CEO Hughes Gilmont tells GamesIndustry.biz. <laughs> Our goal is to make sure you can have a unity within an Odyssey. If you, want to have, if, to, if you want to have a story of 15 hours, you can have it, but you can also have other stories. You live in that world and you pursue what you want to pursue. You have an experience, many Unity-like experiences, end quote. What a quote. Well, is, is this going to happen? No. <laughs> no, it is not going to happen. I love this line, right? Uh, we, we, we want uh, a unity within an Odyssey. Our goal is to make sure you can have a unity within an Odyssey. That's a fucking cool way to put it. Yeah. Because that's what I loved about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Is I felt like every chapter actually did such a great job of ending what I was on in terms of the mission and then giving me a breadcrumb for why I wanted to keep playing. Like, when you start that game, I thought, oh, man, this is going to be the entire quest of going through and doing this one thing. And in turn, that was just the first chapter. And then the next one was like, well, let's keep the adventure going.
1: The value proposition for consumers is phenomenal. Ubisoft has always delivered on a ton of gameplay for the MSRP of the base game. And then they also add all of these DLCs and expansions on top of it as well. I think that... You know, for them to pivot away from that would be crazy. I mean, I think it's, being, I mean they've it's really the, ca- carved out this niche for themselves.
0: Totally. I think and it's it's definitely become, you know, I've, we talk about on the show a lot, but it's become now when you say it's a Ubisoft game, you understand what that means. And it means open world. Whereas before I think I might have been like, oh, check boxes like Assassin's Creed 2 of getting every mm-hmm. feather going through and do this. Whereas now it is like, oh, it's an everlasting gobstopper of a game. You know what I mean? Like I still have Odyssey on my PlayStation right now. And it's just banking all that DLC. So that I guess whenever there's a break in December, maybe <laughs> of new releases that I'm playing, I can go back and be like, let's just go through and play all this again and catch up with Cassandra and do probably what another hundred hours of that game. Yeah. To your point, that's the value proposition, right? Like, it's taking so many interesting, not ideas, I guess. What's to an extent of like what keep people keep what keeps people invested in an in MMO, what a uh, Destiny, a uh, uh, World of Warcraft, right? Of like. There's always more to do. There's always more content. There's always more stories. The fact that Odyssey added in the ability to create your own stories and share those with people, like, it's literally a never-ending amount of content if you want it, and they continue to support it so well. Uh, the nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, what's good for the last time? Andrea and Greg. <laughs> Ubisoft has said that they will not be getting any more shorter game experiences, and all future games will have huge open worlds and or with shorter stories in them. I've loved the latest uh, Ubisoft games, but they do become exhausting after some time. Maybe it's just my personality to 100% games I like, but having so many open world games prevents me from playing other games, like Rainbow Six, For Honor, or even other Ubisoft games. If they do go down this path, how can Ubisoft improve their current formula to keep the player invested in their large games without things eventually feeling monotonous or mundane after the first five to six hours?
1: It's a tough question because yeah. I think it really depends on what you like as a gamer. I mean, some people really love that. I had these conversations with my friend um, Redbeard Chris Wiseman, uh, who I used to host GameStop TV with. He's great because he's a diehard Assassin's Creed fan as well, and he's yeah. 100% multiple of those games. And I just, I love Assassin's Creed. It's one of my all-time favorite franchises, but I can't go get all the shanties or all the animus fragments. <laughs> or I, just, I just can't do it. Yeah, right. It's just not in my, my gamer DNA to yeah. want to get every last collectible, especially since in the Assassin's Creed games, the world kept getting bigger and bigger and there was just sure. more and more collectibles. It's like the idea of getting all the Korok seeds in, in Zelda, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was never on my to-do list. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's just, it's what speaks to you as a gamer because there is an audience of gamers that absolutely love that. Um, I also remember talking about this with the Division 2 team when we did our Comic-Con panel, um, when we were talking about the, the comic book and the narrative or the novel that was coming out. And I had mentioned how there was so many collectibles in the original division, and I just I couldn't go and find all those little bits and pieces all over the world. But and but then I get this flood of messages from division fans who are like, I lived for that. I wanted that. I wanted that world building.
0: For me, that was uh, with the original division. Granted, I was on the you know I wanted a platinum. I loved the game, but for the collectibles and the echoes and everything there that was being rewarded with trophies, so I chased them for that. It was also for me the best thing of. All right, I'm jumping on, and... Oh, Fran needs five minutes, which he always does, right? Or, like, you know, (laughs) Tyree's going to join us in a second, so let's not start the mission. It would be that... That would be the thing of, like, all right, cool. I'm going to go fuck off on my own for a while and do these little things and knock that checkbox off or get what... You know, I'm right next to this cache. Let's go find it. Right. Yeah.
1: I think what really... The underlying thing, though to the nanobiologist's question is you only really want to do those things if the game world itself Mm -hmm. is well Mm -hmm. built, it's fully realized and more importantly the game is fun to play because if none of those things are hitting for you then you don't want to get the collectibles. You don't want to go on these side quests and do these other extra missions in addition to the main storyline because if the world's not fun to begin with, you don't want to spend extra time in it. And I think that's where Ubisoft really shines is that they spend so many resources building these worlds with their art teams, with their design teams, and saying, like, let's make this a place that the player always wants to be in and always wants to spend time exploring. And then, you know, we'll always have this captive audience, you know? And I think that's as you said, uniquely Ubisoft.
0: I think another thing is, you know, to the nanobiologist's point here, right? He's like, maybe it's just my personality. So, so basically, maybe it's just me. I think that is also something that the we as a gamer have to wrestle with, where there's been tons of games. Like, I, you know, I, I obviously with Odyssey, I platinumed it, but I haven't gone back for the DLC. It's all this different stuff. And the, in the, I think a few years ago, that would have haunted me. And it would have been like, shit, new DLC's out. I gotta get it today. I gotta do this. I gotta finish it off as soon as possible. I think if we as games evolve change grow we get to this point of it if everybody adopts my everlasting gobstopper plan it isn't about finishing it in that moment it isn't about doing everything it isn't about 100 percenting it in whatever way you consider 100 percenting it whether it is the trophies what the achievements just the world map like it is that to what you know you was talking about here of hey we want to give you many unities inside of this one thing. So it is, hey, maybe, you know, you could have played one the first chapter of Odyssey, the first two chapters of Odyssey and been like, this is great and I've really enjoyed these. It's something about like episodes, right? Of a season. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, I'll come back for the rest. And I think that's way different than how I consider video games right, especially with games like God of War, where it's like, all right, cool, it's one camera, it never breaks, you know what I mean? Like it never right. cuts. It's like, well, that makes it harder, but that's way different than this.
1: It's a Th- different style choice for sure.
0: This is, I, there's, I, you know, I was playing, you know, Borderlands last night and uh, hit level ten, and finished a quest, and I was like, this is where we stop tonight, right? Like, I, I finished this quest, and there's, I know what the next quest is, I know what the next thing I'm setting off to do is, but rather than jump in right now and stop in the middle of that, I'll stop here, even though I want to play more. Yeah, that's the idea, right? And I think it's about wrapping your head around the different games you're playing and why. Andrew? Yes, Greg. I'm excited to see what you end up doing in L. A. but that's still so far away. It is. If I wanted something more immediate, say, what came to the mom and grop shops <laughs> today? Where would I go?
1: Greg, you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Do 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 do
0: do 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 yeah! Out today. The Walking Dead, the Telltale definitive series, is on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Blasphemous is on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Aren't, you? These,
1: aren't these from yesterday? These look like they're from yesterday, Did I copy the Greg? wrong day?
0: I'm rusty It was you know it's like my Tuesday I don't know I was like um, I read these yesterday okay okay everybody chill out everybody chill Let the me fuck go. out Kevin you can't freak out it's Andrea's last show hold it together
1: okay I'm, I'm getting I'm getting you a copy and paste no no I'm here I, I you got, got, it, it, you too. got yeah. it okay
0: all right so forget everything I just said today is <laughs> throne quest deluxe on switch the seven on pc rebels and redcoats on pc queen's wish the conqueror on pc mermaid colony on pc and royal merchant on pc and mac
1: so and you also add we You also talked about the second expansion which you did add in here for um control but i also added out today um for super dragon ball hero world missions their third free update is out today that has new characters 16 new characters five brand new missions three new super attacks nine new abilities and new card customization
0: designs perfect new dates for you uh, Lego Brawls is coming to Apple Arcade on September 19th. Uh, Neo 2 got announced over at TGS. It's coming in early 2020 to PS4. I'm assuming that's just in Japan. Hit me up. Kindoffunny.com slash you wrong if somebody's clarified that since then. I just saw the trailer. Uh, Gungeon Dwellers, Dodge Roll, Co-Developers, Single Core Games, and Games labeled Devolver Digital have revealed that Exit the Gungeon, a new adventure in the burgeoning Gungeonverse, is set to debut on Apple Arcade. Exit the Gungeon is a bullet-held dungeon climber immediately following the events er, adventures of the misfit gungeoners and their journey for personal absolution in Enter the Gungeon. Spoilers, the Gungeon has become a paradox and is collapsing. There you go. A lot of information to digest. But basically, the sequel to Enter the Gungeon, Exit the Gungeon, is coming to Apple Arcade. Uh, SNK Corporation is proud to announce that a new DLC character, Shin- Shinzo uh, will be released free for Samurai <laughs> Showdown players. Uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, September 17th, 2019. And then Sayonara Wild Hearts, which was part of the Apple uh, presentation yesterday, is coming to Apple Arcade, PS4, and Switch on September 19th.
1: And I've got one more. Square Enix confirmed today that RPG classic Romancing Saga th- 3 will arrive in the Americas on November 11th 2019 24 years after the game's initial Japanese release Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions will release for the first time in the Americas shortly after on December 3rd both titles will be available on modern consoles and mobile platforms with new content optimized graphics and updated gameplay controls
0: and I have another one too that I meant to put in forgot but then you reminded me during the show somehow uh, <laughs> Bill Roseman tweeted today uh, of course from Marvel Games that Marvel's Avengers Iron Man number one a comic book pre sequel to the uh, Avengers game from Crystal Dynamics is coming in December you can get all the information over at marvel.com about that now it's time for reader mail but first let me tell you about our sponsors Uh, first it's Manscaped support for Games Daily comes from Manscaped who is the number one in who is number one in men's below the belt grooming Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels Uh, Tim's excited about this he keeps talking about how he's cut himself before and he's not going to cut himself again with this and frankly I know too much about Tim now that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do down there. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an and anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why wouldn't you be putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get... off and free shipping with the code games at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code games. Up next, it's Hims. Nick and Andy have noticed, I'm sorry, Nick and Andy noticed their hair was thinning, and they decided to do something about it. They went to 4HIMSS.com just like you should. Hims is a wellness brand for men that helps you deal with all the awkward problems you don't want to make an appointment to talk about. 4 is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, and more for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. HIMSS is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. These prescription solutions are backed by science. HIMSS uh, was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person that's why there's no more in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines for hims connects you with real doctors online which can save you hours completely confidentially and discreetly you answer a few simple questions the doctor will review and if they determine it's right for you they can prescribe the medication to treat hair loss that's shipped directly to your door my listeners can get started right now with the complete hair kit from 4 for just $5 today right now while supplies last and subject to a doctor's approval. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to 4 gamesdaily. That's forhim dot gamesdaily. 4 gamesdaily. Final sponsor today is Quip. The best way to ease back into your post-summer routine? Start it up before September's over. Uh, simplify the morning and evening now with a simpler electric toothbrush from Quip. Uh, nearly everyone at Kind of Funny is using Quip. I just got back from Dallas with it. I love my Quip. I use it every day, and I like putting it in my travel bag and just taking the handle, put it right on it, and go. You're taking yours to L.A., right?
1: I am taking mine to L.A. Good.
0: You better keep brushing your teeth down there. We won't be there to check in on you anymore.
1: (laughs) Don't worry. Two minutes a day. I got it, Greg.
0: Uh, Quip's got sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean. That's gentle on your entire mouth. Uh, It's got a built-in two-minute timer. It pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly. Plus... There are no wires or clunky charger. It runs for three months on a single charge. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder when it's time to refresh and stay committed to your oral health. Those are just some of the reasons Kind of Funny loves Quip. That's why we all think you should get it, too. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go right now to getquip.com slash games, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash games, games.
1: And I realize it's technically four minutes a day, Greg.
0: Oh, yeah. You're doing it twice a day. Yeah, I said two uh, minutes uh, and I was
1: like, wait you a didn't minute. Even let, you didn't
0: even let him get in there. You know what uh. I mean? Um, I wanna, you're wrong while we're here because we're close to the NEO 2 stuff. Borzin Double Zero says it seems to be that NEO 2 is a worldwide 2020 release because he's linking to Screen Rant. However, an anobiologist says it's not specified yet if NEO 2 is Japan only or a worldwide release from what I keep find. I so, would
1: imagine it'd be worldwide.
0: Early 2020 b- everywhere? Okay. I, I mean, the so.
1: actual date may shift like a week or so because sometimes it comes out first in Japan and then like a little bit later yep. in the Americas. But I don't okay. think that they'll do a significant delay for Neo 2.
0: Nanobiologist writes in patreon.com kind of funny games says, Hi, Andrea and Greg. Greg, we didn't get to hear your thoughts yet on Apple Arcade. Do you see it as a contender against EA Access, Uplay Plus, or Games Pass? Ah, Game Pass. Damn it. I owe you $5. Uh, to you, will they be bringing enough experiences to this that will make mobile gaming a competitive market to the rest of the industry without being filled to the brim with ads and microtransactions? Did you see any games that you thought there were must to play? And finally, uh, did this draw you in enough that you want to put down your Switch on flights and play Apple Arcade games instead? Because I went to Apple yesterday. Mm-hmm. You guys talked about it yesterday on this show. We did. What Your summation on your Apple, if somebody's joining us for the first time to say goodbye, what were your Apple Arcade thoughts?
1: I think it's a fantastic slate of games that they announced at the event yesterday. I think the price is right on point. Being able to have a family subscription is fantastic. The ability to play games offline thank you so much. Yep. As I love playing mobile games on my phone that I don't require an internet connection for, particularly on planes. And I think the idea that the games that are featured in Apple Arcade don't have the microtransactions mm. and you know, you don't have to worry about you know your cell phone connection. I think that they're hitting all the right notes. I'm yeah. really excited to see the full slate.
0: Yeah, me too. And that's the biggest thing about it. My uh, reaction yesterday watching it was like, okay I'm optimistic I think it it especially I I thought it was an interesting choice the games they showed right where it's like Frogger like alright and then it was that weird game that I did the submarine game or whatever underwater game I was like that doesn't look good and then it was Cyanara Wild Hearts which I'm like oh I was ready to throw money at my Switch already for Cyanara Wild Hearts Mm -hmm. why not have it on iPad why not have it when I got to go out there did I play anything I went over there and played Synara Wild Hearts running on the new iPad. I played it with a PlayStation four controller, you know, communicating wirelessly to it. And I was like, This is fucking awesome. This is really cool. And it, it suddenly becomes that Viable of a platform that if those kind of games are on there that I want to play, well, yeah, I can use a controller. I can play it on my phone. I can play it wherever I want.
1: Well, that was the conversation Gary and I had on the show yesterday was, you know, who is this for? I was hoping before they announced that they were going to lean into games specifically designed for mobile, not designed for controller inputs being adapted or ported to mobile. Yeah. But it seems like they're trying to straddle both of those lines right Mm -hmm. now. And I think if they're trying to get, you know, the PC gamers or... Console gamers who don't play a lot of mobile on their phone into Apple Arcade. That's a smart call, but that's not who buys games on the App Store. Yeah. You know, The hundreds of millions of people who play mobile games around the world are not spending as much time on their console as they do on their mobile phone.
0: The thing about it is I hear you and I agree with you. And I understand, you know, the Twitter reaction of like mm, Frogger or yay Frogger from our from our peers yesterday. I do think once it gets out there, it has a really interesting Trojan horse mechanic in it of, well, that's five bucks and let's try it. And I think it it just becomes what happened with Game Pass, but it does become what happened. Like I have Game Pass. I use Game Pass for Gears. I use Game Pass for Blair Witch, things I'm already interested in. Not for like, oh, I heard a good, what's going on? I don't turn it on and be like, what do I want to do, right? Like I know what I'm going in there for. I feel like Apple Arcade, especially with the free month, has a great shot of it being like, Oh, of course, I'm gonna try it. Oh, this game's cool and then it being somebody else says this game's cool, I'm like, Oh, I try it. Or I see a game that looks cool and I start hopping around. And if there are enough of those experiences in there where I'm like, Oh man, I feel like I'm getting five dollars worth out of this. Let alone that I think Sign or Wild Hearts is easily worth five dollars alone. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to know a lot of people in this industry. Games I've seen from other developers that they've been like, Hey Greg, look what we're working on. I've been like, I would pay five dollars for that as well. You know, and that like I think if I think for Tip of the Sword, they showed you three games in the prime time that you're like, meh, meh. and okay. Like you, you, I think one that you see how the hopefully dozens. I don't think they've said anything about how many they're putting out, right?
1: A hundred games in I the launch? weeks in the weeks to launch. That's so what she if said. they put out
0: the hundred games and you look it through there and you can find five of those that you're like, ah, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in for awesome. If you can find one that you think's worth the five dollars or at least the free yeah. trial, then you're in and then you are hooked. And so, you know, Nano asks, is it enough for me to like put aside my Switch or do this? Right now, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, Signor Wild Hearts is something I'd like. It's so beautiful. Like, I requested a PS4 code today. I'm like, I want to, I want to play on the big TV, right? I want to have like that experience. But other things I've seen, like, yeah, I want to play that game, and yeah, it's worth five dollars. And if every month or every few weeks they're adding something in there that I also think's worth five dollars, yeah, I'll stick around. And then it just, it maybe suddenly I am actually playing games on my phone, which is something I traditionally don't do. Let alone not even my phone, right? all of my Apple devices. Like I really enjoyed playing uh, Telling Lies on my iPad and that's not something I normally do. Right. So we'll see. We shall see everybody. I, you know, is it a contender against EA Access Uplay Plus game? Those are different things. Those yeah. are all different different I'd things. say apples to oranges. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, I'm probably speaking out of turn and not fully formed on a thought. I think it's more exciting than those three because those three are all double dipping on each other on top of it that I just usually either get a game for review or would go buy a game and own it kind of thing. Whereas I don't use Game Pass like I know my friends who are casual gamers and are not, you know what I mean? Don't play, mm-hmm. don't live in this, in, live and breathe this industry. Well, totally. Use it. Well, I
1: think the thing that's exciting about Apple Arcade is that the experiences are much more like snackable. Yeah. Right? Like they're, they're not as, inve- you don't have to invest as much. You don't have to have a, a crazy big commitment. Yeah. You know, I think about what, let's say Ubisoft's, you know, new subscription they have or EA Access. A lot of those games are multi-hour commitments, if not You know, dozens or hundreds of hour commitments. Yeah. Whereas most mobile games are a couple of hours, and that's it, and then you can be done and move on to the next thing. I think that's what's really exciting about what Apple is doing. Is they said, "Hey, we're going to make this really affordable. We're going to make it five bucks a month, and you can try out all these different kinds of games."
0: Yeah. We shall see, everybody. Uh, Kuchoko writes in patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says what's up greg and soon to be former host andrew today we got a new trailer for the final fantasy 7 remake showing some exciting things like summons and pull-ups in the gym it looks great <laughs> it sounds great and it tickles all the nostalgia buttons however we still don't know approximately how long this entry entry will be do you think it would be a disappointment if this first installment clocks in anywhere below say 20 hours
1: Wow, I mean, I would be surprised if it was that short, but considering how much they've talked about that they've added into the game, yeah. but also, like if they're doing it episodically, I don't know if twenty hours is anything to shake a stick at. That's a sizable chunk of a game,
0: yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see the reaction on this one. People have wanted it for so long. every time you see it, it looks really good, it's episodic, which is cloudy into how that's actually going to net out. And of course, mm-hmm. I, I can't speak for you, but I'm not a Final Fantasy Seven expert fan you know I've never beaten it I've played it you I've can started, speak for
1: me Greg I've started it's obvious that I don't play Final Fantasy i have started
0: it a few <laughs> times so I mean it's like I don't have any expectations for how long it is I played it at right. uh, PAX we'll talk about on Gamescast today I enjoyed what I played I'm interested to play more but for me personally like a short like if it's going to be episodic and it's going to build up to you know one of those crescendo moments that game's famous for then I want it to be that way. And I understand that's different than what most Final Fantasy fans might want from it, but I'd imagine you can still stay and grind. I imagine you look at everything else, like look at Borderlands 3, right, with Proving Grounds and Mayhem Mode and all these things they're giving you that when you finish it, there's other stuff to do. I would imagine it'd be the same thing here, whether it is side quests, whether it is challenge rooms or something like that, keep you motivated to still be in that universe, grind your characters to whatever level that'll be so that when the next... When the next chapter comes in twelve years, or whatever.
1: Who knows?
0: I don't know, but yeah, it's gonna be really fascinating. Um, let's see. It's a really
1: cool looking trailer, though. Trailer's you guys good. Yeah, me, it.
0: me and the entry said, like, "You're not put on the road for like." I don't know what's happening. We watched it together. <laughs> we're like we don't know what's happening. Like I'm glad everybody loves this devil and this red hair guy shooting all around. Go get him, uh, Lord of Pwn wrote in. <laughs> excuse me. Writes into uh, Patreon.com/slash. No, that's not right. You're wrong. He run into you're wrong uh, and says the producers of the Final Fantasy 7 Remake have said that Final Fantasy 7 Remake is in line with mainline Final Fantasy games in terms of length and content by episodic. They mean more like Final Fantasy uh, 13's trilogy of games. So there you go. And then Borison writes in says, square has said that Final Fantasy 7 Remake is about 30 plus hours. Now, of course, they are using dev math. No, it's about 30 hours. We'll say what is that going to be 15? i can going to be 20. What are we going to see? We'll see. Who knows? We'll all mm-hmm. find out Together 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 Andrea Yes As you can expect Lots of people wrote in To say goodbye to you I Aww. think it's about time To turn it over to them Wispo wrote into Patreon.com Slash kind of funny games And says hey Andrea and Greg Just want to say best of luck to Andrea and that you will be missed. You were in the first episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily, which was the first piece of Kind of Funny content that I listened to over two years ago and haven't stopped since. I always appreciated your devil's advocate stance, whether it was intentional or unintentional, as it's always best to hear news stories from all sides and angles. Hopefully you can make make time in your busy schedule to make some appearances whenever you're in SF again. Thanks for all the content and best of luck in L.A. Whisper.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm definitely gonna make time to come back. We've talked about it already. So. Yeah,
0: anytime you're time, you're gonna be here. We yeah. can't get ready in. It's, it's true. Not like, it's not like it's not the end. It's just it'll be actually gonna be really fascinating to see how often you actually still pop up. Because <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's gonna be more than we think.
1: Well, I think the time of year is unfortunately not super conducive because our industry events slow down really substantially going from here to the end of the year but it picks up again in January right away oh
0: my god next year's right around the corner (laughs) Uh, JBR writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hey Greg and Andrea sad to see Andrea leave seeing as she is one of my favorite personalities in the industry among all the dozens of podcasts I've listened to over the years happy to see you pursue the next chapter in your life what advice would you give for someone wanting to get into the games industry not on the journalism side but on the game development side particularly Environmental Design Programmer All right, slow down, JBR. Uh, I know you both haven't made games, but have been a part of them at least uh, you, Greg has uh, but I'm sure you have some advice thanks for all your hard work laughs and that's what she said jokes now you can finally get away from Greg and his trophy obsession <laughs> hope to meet you one day as well as the rest of the what's good games girls oh thank
1: you I really just can't take him talking about Patapon two anymore you guys this is really well, it's just Genesis a fucking embarrassment <laughs> that
0: is sitting somewhere it's on some kind of fucking <laughs> server there and nobody's doing it Kevin
1: um, but in regards to your question about you know, what can you do to break into the industry from the dev side, there's a lot of really fantastic networking organizations out there. Um, Wiggy is great. Women in Games um, International. Um, the IGDA is also a fantastic networking resource. Um, the AIAS, the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, run by Megan Scavio, yep. has um, a networking and mentorship program as well. They also have grant programs uh, to either further your education or to get additional training or to go to events like Dice and to meet more developers. So I absolutely would look at, you know, those three for sure for networking opportunities. And then there's a a bunch of message boards too. There's certain places where uh, game dev jobs are listed. There's Facebook groups. So I would just, you know, try to, you know, dig in one night and just kind of tool around and look for these groups and see which ones you can join, which one maybe feels like a good fit for you. And then hopefully you can take the next step by coming to GDC, the Game Developers Conference, which is really, I think, the most important thing if you want to hear from other people who are in the industry and and to attend yourself. They have student passes available. They do have professional badges and they also have a scholarship program. Um, Aiden got a scholarship to come to GDC last year. Yep. So um, definitely look at those as options and good luck to you.
0: Gilly Brums writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Good morning, Greg and Andrea. My question today is a final, momentous Kind of Funny Games daily send-off for the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. As one of the prominent female voices in the games industry that I personally listen to on a regular occasion, what can we as an audience do to continue to empower female voices in an environment that can, at times, be toxic for women in the industry? Thanks for all you do, and today, thank you for all you have done. Well wishes and much love, Gilly Brums.
1: Thank you, Gilly. That's very nice of you. Um, it's a continuing struggle to get more female voices out into the industry. I think it starts with a place of um, both like a, a, a welcoming and acceptance and inclusion. Right. And also the idea of needing to make an effort to diversify a wide variety of sources of these voices. Right. Like making an effort to include women on panels at trade shows and conventions, making an effort to make diverse hires at studios and media companies. And by, you know, combining those forces together, you know, we can hear from all kinds of different voices in the industry, not just female voices, of course. But I think, you know, when you look at Women in games, we were really shut out from being part of the gaming community for a very long time. It's only been recently that it feels like, oh, hey, everybody can be a gamer and everyone can take up this mantle. I talk about it on What's Good, about this idea of taking back the term gamer and, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know reappropriating it and saying like this is this became a dirty word and I hate that it became a dirty word because it's been part of my life you know since I was eight years old and I absolutely identify as a gamer but it feels like there's a lot of women out there that are really afraid to identify Mm -hmm. as a gamer Mm -hmm. I mean and I just went in the YouTube comments yesterday and got attacked for some random bullshit and it happens all the time But if you can find safe spaces for yourself, if if you're a female that likes to game and those have been concerns of yours, which are 100% understandable, um, you know, I hope that you can find like-minded individuals that encourage you to bring your voice out there. Uh, Come to What's Good Games. Come be part of our Facebook fan page, our Reddit, our Discord. Uh, We have lots of great um, uh, females that are part of our community and and all kinds of wonderful people. So um, just remember that you never have to prove that you're a gamer to anybody.
0: For Gilly's question of how people in communities can help make it better, right? When when they see that, is it as simple as the message I give of, well, don't engage, thumbs it down and move on, don't feed the trolls? Is that is or is that not is that not proactive enough? Is there more that needs to be done on that? I I mean, this question comes more from like, I'm a dude watching the show and I like your content, but I do see some asshole on YouTube making a comment. that Doesn't make any sense.
1: I think engaging with people and kind of trying to figure out where they're coming from can be beneficial. Obviously, you're always right. Right. Exactly. There's always going to be that person who really is just there to stir the pot and who really just wants to cause shit and wants and wants to 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 be angry, right? And there's you're never going to reach those people. And yeah. I think it's up to content creators to say, hey, we don't want you in our co- community contributing to the toxic environment. Yeah. And so whether that's muting them, blocking them, banning them, whatever you as the content creator has to do for your own community, whether you're a Twitch streamer or a YouTube or what have you, I think those proactive steps are super important to making the spaces safer for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to encourage discourse. You know, one of the things we do at What's Good is to say, hey, we... Absolutely, encourage you guys to disagree with each other, but when it comes to name calling, we just don't tolerate it. Sure, we swear all the time on our show. We don't swear at people. You know, it's it's all about the context for how you use your thoughts and your criticisms versus you know attacking people specifically. It's about attacking ideas or or, or attacking you know um, inanimate objects or whatever it is, right? It's a, it's the idea that you have to be conscious of how your words affect other people.
0: Final question comes from EJ. Okay. EJ writes it to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, "Sign our Andrea. <laughs> Just wanted to know what will be the what what." Yeah, what will be your funniest memory of Kind of Funny Games Daily? On or off camera experience if you don't mind sharing. Take care, EJ.
1: We've had some really good ones but one of them was um, pretty recently when you brought the whiteboard out.
0: Oh, God.
1: Uh, when we were talking about, I believe, the Nintendo Switch. Sure. Right? When, you, when
0: you, we just were not lining up at all. The no,
1: communication we, was just not Remember that? We clicking. just did not know how to make sense
0: of like, I thought, me and Kevin were like, what? I don't understand how to explain it. <laughs> it,
1: it was so funny because I just didn't get it in the mo- moment and then afterwards I was like oh that's what he meant but what I love about working with you Greg is that you are so good at doing that improv and then you'll just like run with it for yeah. the sake of the content yeah. and you're like you know what I'm just gonna fucking do this bit right now and it's gonna be really fun and who cares if it makes sense or not and that's just one of the many reasons why you're such a great host oh
0: well thank you so much Andrew. please you're pretty good as well I uh, guess I, don't I know, mean though.
1: we are the best KFGD pair that's what
0: I'm saying you know what I mean don't tell Gary. Because, I mean, <laughs> obviously he sucks, but he'll get all cranky about it. And, and he doesn't watch the show, so as long as nobody narks on us, we'll be fine. It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash games. Give him your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you. Everybody plays games together. Today, it's a squad up success story. It's the story of Andrew or Renee joining Kinda funny.
1: What? I know,
0: I know, I know. Hold on. I wrote it all out, though, because I'm smart this time around. I hope you'll forgive me for reading from a prepared statement. Anyone who's watched me say goodbye to someone over the years can tell you Greg Miller can ad-lib for hours. But if he tries to ad-lib a goodbye, you'll be here a year.
1: You're going to make me cry, Greg. Oh, I'm going
0: to ball, so don't (laughs) worry about it.
1: Joey, bring the tissues.
0: <laughs> I got paper towels. The spring of 2017 were the hardest days of my life. It's kind of funny. Drastically changed overnight. Tim, Nick, and I needed to chart a new course for the company and its employees. And I wrestled with my own foundation being rocked. You, Andrea, were there for me. Professionally and personally. <sighs> when the dust settled... Sorry. me. <laughs> There you go. go. When the dust settled and we set our eyes on kind of funny live three and what programming would look like in the second half of the year. Tim, once again, pushed me towards the idea of a daily game show. I explained how hard that would be for me to do what I, what I do daily, what we were doing with these shows. But when we came upon the ideas of contractors, I saw hope for the first time in a long time, mainly because I knew you'd be there. Andrea at the time I had been lucky enough to know you for years. How many? I have no idea. But I do re- what I do remember is the first time we actually got to hang out. It was VidCon 2012 or 2013, and you came to lunch with Tim, Nick, and me. I don't remember the meeting because you talked to me about games. We did that all the time at the events we went to. I remember it because you hung in there with Nick Scarpino. <laughs> you gave his shit back to him as soon as he could give it to you. Now, that's not to say people don't usually do that. It's just to say that in that moment, I saw you go from an industry acquaintance to a friend. Jump back to that moment. Tim and I are cooking up what's going to become Kind of Funny Games daily, and you were the first name I blurted out as a possible co-host. For years, I checked in with you at events and watched your career blossom. And the entire time, I secretly hoped that you'd end up at IGN, selfishly, or at least another major site so that more people could see how talented you were. When we started Kind of Funny, I never thought we'd get to a point where we could bring you on. And honestly, we are not there. It's incredible that you share your talents <laughs> with us for a fraction of what they're worth. But you were there. And in June 2017, Kind of Funny Live 3 at the Regency Ballroom, you and Danny came on stage and announced you were joining the family. For everything Kind of funny's accomplished and will accomplish in the future. Every Barrett, every Joey, every show. You allowed me to believe in that again at a time when I didn't know what I could believe for the two years you've sat at my side while we built the show into a vehicle that can talk our audi- talk to our audience through a death roundup reviews or said Gary would up for a punchline <laughs> but that's not to say you're my sidekick or you're just along for the ride we've been lucky enough to have a lot of co-hosts on kind of funny games daily but you've always been more for as much as kind of funny games daily is mine it's yours You were the first contractor to build a dock alongside me and toss in your own stories. Host the show without me and do something that no one else has ever done. Actually ask me what my six month plan for the show was. (laughs) An Andrea episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily means that I have to know my shit cold because you're going to ask me a lot of questions about stories and challenge my opinions. A Gary episode, a Tim episode, we're going to go out there and have a lot of fun together and figure it out. An Andrea episode, I'm terrified of getting my ankles broken on the court. And I think that speaks the loudest as to who you are and why you're so beloved by your peers in this industry. You push us all to be better. From day one, June 19th, 2017, you've made me a better host. I can't thank you enough for that. And although I'm clearly devastated to see you go, I'm excited for what you'll create. What's good, Andrea?
1: Greg, I don't even know what to say. (laughs)
0: nothing we got a whole bunch of your wrong to go through (laughs) i love you thank you for everything
1: i love you too greg sorry
0: that you're dead to me (laughs) when you see jared petty in hell tell him i sent him (laughs) time for your wrong this is where people write in to kind of funny.com slash your wrong and tell us what we screwed up as we screwed it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe Zaire says there's a new data physical edition of Apex Legends called Apex Legends Bloodhound Edition will which includes a whole bunch of shit is coming out October 18th (laughs) 2019 for 20 bucks you can go to Amazon it's there P.S. good luck to the busy in the business oh what (laughs) Happy goodbye to you. Happy goodbye to you. You're dead to us like Jared and Danny. Goodbye. Enjoy LA. It's nicer weather.
1: Oh, you guys.
0: Devinster says out today Sea of of Thieves, Smuggler's Fortune adds a new microtransaction store that allows you to purchase monkeys and parrots. (laughs) That sounds made up, but I know it's real.
1: Little champagne (laughs) bottles on the cake, you guys. I
0: mean, that's what Andrea Renee's all about, right? I know, right? Couldn't not have it.
1: Oh my god, it's so cute.
0: There you go. Um, And that's it. Oh, you want to give me a massage? Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that's it, and that's Kind of Funny Games Daily. Andrea Renee's final. Kind of Funny Games Daily.
1: I'm way too I'm way too emotional to say anything right now, but okay. I'll put some thoughts together. Thank
0: God you have two more shows to film today, so I plenty know, of right? other time Thank to God say God things and do I didn't and take my so. makeup
1: kit home yet. Remember,
0: Games Cast with Andrea is uh, live on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games today at 2 p.m. Yes, Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny. It's 3? three three p.m. Oh right, sorry, three p.m. Because we're doing We Have Cool Friends before that. Yeah. That'll be up in the future. You still have time if you're watching live. Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny to put in your questions for Andrea on that one for the friend zone. Uh, Thursday it's gonna be me and Tim. Friday it's gonna be me and Tim. Andrea, until next time, (laughs) it's been our pleasure to serve (laughs) you.